Colleagues, welcome back to the office and to our presentation and podcast for today. This is uh, Hidden Secrets of Microsoft Power BI. I'm Steve Yas. You're you. Thank you so much for being here and being part of our podcast for today, where we will be learning and discussing Microsoft Power BI and this incredible tool that you could use to do pretty much any type of visualization, reporting, business intelligence, you name it. You know, as we progress, as we start to gain additional insight from different systems and we start leveraging cloud technologies more effectively, separating signal from the noise becomes so very, very important. And understanding our organizations and the information contained inside of those organizations is not only uh, imperative, but it can be a competitive advantage to our companies. Tools and resources are abundant, but how do you know which ones to use and how do you know which ones are going to be effective for your specific organizations? Well, good news. I've done a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And in February, database month here at CP Today, we've been looking and examining some of the different products and services that are out there. Now, in my opinion, when it comes to business intelligence, uh, the best solution by far with a very wide margin is Microsoft Power BI. Uh, this incredible tool is such a nice complement to Microsoft Excel, Power Automate, and other products and services you're probably already using to, that you can use to create really kind of any type of visualization report that you might want. And in this series, what we're going to be looking at are the hidden secrets of this, the stuff that you probably haven't seen before that you haven't used yet that could really leverage and provide a lot of features and functionality to your reporting for your company. And the first part of our series, what we're going to be covering today is going to be getting our data into Power BI, uh, which is often an overlooked component of uh, working with Power BI, but an absolutely necessary component of working with this incredible tool. And if you don't get your data right, if you don't have your data functioning correctly, it really doesn't matter what type of visualizations you're going to want to make, you won't be able to do them. So today we are going to be diving into that. We are going to be looking at some of the different import methods. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at Power Query, which is an incredible tool from uh, Microsoft that is available both inside of Power BI as well as in Excel uh, that you can leverage to harness any type of data processing you might need. It, it really can do the incredible stuff with respect to manipulation of data inside of your um, reports to make it available and ready for, for reporting. Think of it as like a preprocessor or a preamp uh, for those of you who remember the hi-fi days. So we'll talk about that. And in future episodes, we're going to go into some of the data handling techniques as well as reporting uh, some of the different visualizations. We'll talk about uh, creating some different types of um, measures and uh, doing different types of calculations on the data itself, which can be really, really helpful and effective. All righty. Now, before we get into it, I got a couple of housekeeping announcements for those of you who are watching live on Zoom for today. Uh, just a couple of quick housekeeping announcements, and then we'll get into our presentation. Now, if you are watching on Zoom, just as a reminder, we will be using polling questions to confirm your attendance in today's podcast and webinar. They'll be coming uh, about every 12 to 20 minutes or so. There's three for our presentation. I'm sorry, four for our presentation. The first one is being launched now, so just double check, make sure you know how to do it. When it comes up, choose a response to confirm your attendance, and your response will confirm that you are here. And as long as you get at least 75% of them, you will receive full credit for today's podcast. 
Now, with respect to your certificate, as long as you responded to 75% of those prompts, you will receive full credit for your participation. Uh, your certificate will be delivered automatically by email within two business days, but it'll probably come later today for you. If you have any issues, please visit cpetoday.com if you have any problems. After our class today, there will be an evaluation. Love to know what you thought of today's course. If you can give us one to two minutes of your time, we greatly appreciate it. And your feedback is helpful. I read every one of them and helps me write better content and stuff that you would want to watch and, and listen and learn from. And if you have any questions, again, I am here live. I am here for you. Please just go ahead, open up that Q&A or chat sections and shoot me a question. I'd be more than happy to answer it uh, for you. So just please feel free to stay engaged. If there's something I can do for you, by all means, let me know. Now, if you are watching after the fact, if you are watching via our podcast coming to you uh, twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays through wherever you happen to get your content, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and elsewhere, you can earn credits for watching or listening. Head on over to cpetoday.com and use course code GSP1 and you will earn a credit for today's class. Just take a short five question quiz and you will have a hot and ready CPE certificate for you. If you are a new listener to the CPE Today podcast, thank you so much. Welcome. Uh, how about you get a free credit on us? Use coupon code one free podcast to check out and you can choose whatever class you'd like. Maybe this one or maybe another course in our catalog, but uh, there's almost a hundred up there now. So feel free. If you haven't used that coupon before, go get yourself another credit on us. Now I'm going to be working with some sample files here from Power BI. And if you'd like to follow along uh, in the materials, uh, you can download some different sample files that have been provided as well as some different data sets that are available. Uh, so please feel free to use these links if you'd like to explore and try doing some data visualization on your own. So you can uh, download these files for free. Most of them are coming directly from Microsoft. And we also have a couple sample databases on the CPE Today site for you to check out as well. Alrighty, so since this is the first session in our Power BI series, let's just lay and get the lay of the landscape so we can understand where this incredible tool fits in. So Power BI is a dashboard business intelligence reporting tool. And what that means is, is that it's a tool that is not an authorship tool per se, but a tool that we can use to create actionable uh, reporting that people could ultimately make uh, decisions from. And so we typically call that business intelligence. And that's a category of product. There are lots of different business intelligence tools that are out there. Uh, Tableau probably being one of the most famous of those. Um, but there's other tools like Click and others that could be useful. Uh, Power BI is not the first tool in this product space, but they've made it so that if you have familiarity and understanding with Excel, if you're using Office 365, they've made it very easy to adopt this product into how your organization works. Now, using Power BI, you can pull data from just about anywhere. And I mean just about anywhere. You could pull data from the cloud. You could pull data from on-premise. So if you happen to have a spreadsheet or if you happen to have uh, you know, a CSV file that is uh, created locally and shared on your um, organization's network, you can grab that too. In terms of where the data can come from, you can pull data from Excel, you can pull data from your favorite SaaS cloud-based accounting service, maybe QuickBooks Online or others. You can pull data that's being generated automatically and in real time. We typically call that streaming data sets. 
Uh, and what's great about this is that Stata could be fed into Power BI in real time and producing real time dashboards that are giving you, again, that actionable intelligence that you can use to make decisions. So with this incredible tool, you set up the report once and the report will continue to operate and continue to run as new data is being generated and put into the platform. So, I mean, it, it's a no-brainer in my mind, especially if you're doing stuff repeatedly month in, month out. You need um, something to essentially, you know, kind of harness that data and make it actual, actually useful for you, Okay. So now Power BI can be used for individual use, but it really shines on the organizational level. Uh, you can use it for small projects. You can use it for big projects. You can even use it for gargantuan size projects. Um, there's really kind of no upper limit in terms of the amount of data that Power BI can process. Uh, if you've got, you know, GLs that are in the millions of rows, great. Power BI can eat that for lunch uh, be able to produce actionable reports for you seemingly at the click of a button or a snap of a finger. Now, if you haven't already, please go ahead and download a copy of Power BI at powerbi.com, okay? Uh, you can download a desktop version, which is what we're gonna be working with today, but uh, you can also register and get access to the cloud service, which I would highly recommend that you do. We'll talk a little bit about some of the difference between the desktop application and the cloud services here in the moment, uh, but the actual app, as well as the, the web version, are available 100% for free, but you are gonna need a Microsoft account to be able to access those. So if you don't have that already, this is a good time. Go ahead and check out powerbi.com. Now with Power BI, it's got lots of integrations to lots of different things. Uh, it's got native integrations, meaning nothing that you have to do other than log on to the service, to lots of marketing tools, sales tools, human resource tools, accounting tools, uh, and more. Uh, as an example, Power BI natively connects to QuickBooks Online. All you have to do is drop in your username and password to QBO, and it will just log you in directly. Uh, what's beautiful about that is that there's really kind of nothing for you to have to do. It just kind of takes care of all of that uh, directly on your behalf. So I personally think that's just really nifty uh, because it just makes it effective and fast and easy. Uh, and there's really just kind of nothing for you to, to have to think about. You know, if you can get to the internet, you can access your data in these services. Now, once the data is inside of Power BI, well, that's when you really can start to go to work, okay? There's this whole process, which is what we're really gonna talk about today about getting your data into Power BI. And once that's done, you can do all sorts of manipulations on that data. Uh, you can create dashboards. So if you wanna visualize your data, whether it be in a map, chart, or graph, uh, or if you need to create calculations, uh, whether it be on a single record or millions of records, you can do that inside of Power BI as well. The whole point here, again, is that actionable intelligence in as real time as possible. Uh, I remember I heard the phrase once, right place, right time, and ready. Well, Power BI is at the right place and the right time, and it's going to give your staff that are ready the insight to be able to make those decisions. And they're going to have it in the format that makes sense to them. Now, it is also following this concept of write once, refresh many, or repeatable reports. Now, think about your traditional accounting work, okay? Now, your traditional accounting work, you do probably month in, month out. You're probably doing the same compilations, the same payroll reports, uh, and more regularly, you know, seemingly monotonously, maybe 12 times a year or even more frequent than that. 
Well, with Power BI, you front load your work into the initial design of the dashboards and reports. Uh, and as long as the format of the data, underlying raw data doesn't change, these reports will update automatically for you. The beautiful thing about it, again, is you write once, you refresh many. Seemingly allowing you to pretty much auto, automatically do your job from a reporting's perspective. Now, to be fair, the upfront labor can be pretty laborious depending on the type of report you're doing. Um, maybe even triple or quadruple the amount of maybe one time, or sorry, not one time, but monthly work that you would normally do. But it's one of those things that you can just do the ROI calculation in your head to figure out, well, how many times am I doing this? How long does it take to update? And you know, you can figure out your break even with time investment of getting started with these dashboards. Now for myself, I will tell you the first dashboard you create, it's going to take you a minute. I mean, so clear your calendar, you know, sit down, uh, be prepared to be frustrated, maybe have yourself a big pot of coffee and just try to focus on getting through it. But then do that report a second time and a third time, and you'll start to pick up pretty quickly the tips and tricks of, of how to actually create these different reports. Um, but once you've done your first one, your second one will be even easier. The third one will be even easier than that. And now, you know, for myself, who've created hundreds of reports in Power BI for myself, my business, my clients, I mean, I just know how to do it. And I will tell you, a lot of the effort in this is going to come from the data side of this. Uh, it's harnessing and wrangling your data to make it ready for use inside of Power BI. I often spend a lot more time at the data level getting that stuff figured out than I do really on the you know, charts, graphs, and things of this nature. That stuff actually comes pretty easy. But if your data is not right, that's really where you're going to spend a lot of time. Now, once your data is correct, preferably coming from a database or a really well-structured worksheet, all you have to do in the future is just open the application and it will refresh automatically, pulling down the latest cut of that data, seemingly with no work for you to do. And so gone will be the days of somebody knocking on your door at five o'clock on a Friday saying, can you update this report before you leave? Guess what? They will be able to access that report themselves and it'll be up to date for them. Okay. Now, in terms of the visualizations, lots of options with respect to how these things could look like. You could really kind of create any type of dashboard you can think of. Uh, you could create dashboards with any combinations of different visualizations, bar charts, pie charts, radar, line. You can create KPIs, key performance indicators, leaderboards. You could show, for example, the different sales for your team. Okay, you can do different types of mapping and geospatial analytics. You can do tables and matrices. Uh, I will tell you that Power BI really excels as an aggregation report, not really a detailed ledger report. Uh, meaning, I don't really use this to produce compliance-driven reports like a, you know, for example, an income statement or a balance sheet. But I do use this a lot for management reports to give, you know, people inside of our company the information they need to make decisions. Uh, we still use write-up and accounting solutions, though, to do your balance sheet and income statement. But I would also say Power BI isn't that great when it comes to, let's call it heavy, um, detailed, super minute information that you might need, like a listing of all of your specific orders by a specific, you know, organization, like, you know, when those occurred, uh, where you want to see them and then analyze them in a spreadsheet. This would be really good to show you trends and analysis across all of your orders or a date range of all of your orders, but you're still going to want something that'll let you get into the nitty gritty details if needed. You can do that in Power BI. It just doesn't really shine. Now, in terms of the apps, well, we previously called them content packs, 
These are the third-party extensions that you can plug into Power BI, and there's lots of options. All the big boys are there, Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, Google Analytics, QuickBooks, so on and so forth. All you have to do for these, you select the one you want to work with, and seemingly just one click will bring you into that specific solution, and then you just have to authenticate. So if it's something like Google Analytics or QuickBooks, you plug in your username and password, it authenticates and will then bring the data directly into Power BI for you. Um, so pretty much just use your credentials, then you can access and automatically provide that data to Power BI for your reporting purposes. Uh, what's great, no really integration work for you, no database work for you. Everything's done. Uh, you can collect and report and learn from all of your organization's data across these different services really in one place. Uh, where Power BI really can shine is the fact that it can mash up data from different places. So you could have data from, let's say, your organization's accounting system and let's say your sales system, your payroll system all put together into one dashboard, giving leaders, you know, insight into what revenue are we generating and what maybe associated costs go with that or labor requirements, you know, living, giving them the full picture of what the heck they're supposed to be doing. But these one, one click integrations, these power BI apps are fantastic. They're not for everything. Unfortunately, you won't find it for every single product you're working with, but you'll probably give you a jump start on at least some of those major tools. Now, in terms of working with Power BI, you should know there are three different versions of Power BI, okay? They all work from the same data, but there's different ways that you can work with the actual solution, okay? So the first is going to be the desktop application, which is what we're going to be working with today. Now, the desktop application is a Windows-only uh, service. Uh, it'll work on any modern Windows 10 or 11 computer, but not before that. And I would think of it as mostly our authorship tool. Uh, it can be used to consume data, but mostly you're going to be using this to create reports and then ultimately publishing them to the web service. Okay. So the desktop application is the most feature-rich out of the three of them. Everything can be supported. Well, I should say virtually everything can be supported in the desktop app. And that's the tool that I use day in, day out to write and produce all different types of reports. Okay. But let's say the CEO of your company, they need access to these reports. Well, uh, they don't need the desktop application. Okay. They can use either the web service or the mobile app. Now the web service, which is powerbi.com, uh, is available for both paid as well as free versions of uh, Power BI, okay? And you would use this to both author as well as consume data. But most of the time, people are using the web service to look at the reports as they've been generated. Uh, so, you know, for, let's say for our business, I would create a report, publish it to the Power BI service, and then everybody can just log in to Power BI and see it uh, without having to have the Power BI desktop application loaded. Now, the third is the mobile app, and the mobile app is available for both iOS and Android, and it will just pull down data and make it available directly on that mobile device. So if you're shooting, uh, you know, quick uh, 18 on a Friday afternoon, you want to check on your uh, company's revenue generation, guess what? You can do that right from your mobile device, and it'll pull down the data as long as you have internet access, and pretty good way of kind of keeping an eye on what's going on in the business. Now, in terms of the price for this, I'm going to point out, first and foremost, the app, as we are going to talk about it today, is free, okay? But there are some compelling reasons you might choose to pay for Power BI, and the price isn't dramatic. Uh, most folks will go for the Power BI Pro, 
$9.99 license. Uh, Then there's also this Power BI Premium as well that comes in at $20 per license. Uh, Now, with the $9.99, here are the big reasons why people pay for it. Okay, first and foremost, sharing. Okay, the free version allows you to author, consume. There's not any sort of restrictions, virtually no restrictions on the functionality of the app. But the big restriction is on the quantity of data that you can have inside of a dashboard. And second would be the uh, the ability to share. So if you're looking to create a report, then share it with your team, your CEO, you're going to need to pay for a license. But it's not too bad, about 10 bucks a month. And that comes with unlimited usage. So everybody can write and create reports as needed. So we pay about 10 bucks a month and it works well. Now, if you have a premium version of uh uh, 365, the E5 plan, it's already included. Likewise for the premium, it, uh, uh, can also be included in some of the specific plans from 365 as well. Okay. Now they do have this crazy plan over here and you're like, what the heck? How does it go from 20 bucks a month to five grand? Well, think about like a big company, like, uh, let's say Pepsi or Coke or Ford, you know, that might want to provide this to everybody. Well, you know, at 20 bucks a user, even at $10 a user, they get really expensive really quickly. So the 5,000 is kind of the upper limit of what it costs. And at five grand, uh, that licenses a whole company. So that's kind of the, the idea behind it. So that's the upper limit of what it will cost, but it's a pretty big upper limit. All right, folks, let's go ahead and have our first review question. All righty. So if uh, you're watching live, there should be a polling question popping up for you here. And what types of projects can Power BI be used for inside of an organization? Okay. Is it creating beautiful dashboards in near real time? You betcha. Okay. Is it doing KPI analysis on operational data? Absolutely. Creating heat maps to understand trends in the direction of the company. You gotcha. Correct answer here again is all of these. So all of the above. All righty. So please respond to that and uh, we'll continue to move on. All right. So for the meat of our subject today, I want to talk about data organization for Power BI and probably not the sexiest of topics to start with, but it's one of those foundational pieces that really, if you don't get right, you can't build anything beyond it. Uh, You know, it's kind of like having a house with a poor foundation. It just won't stand the test of time. And data organization is something that I think that a lot of people struggle with. um, And they want to use this incredible tool, but they just don't really know how to get their data into it. As a reminder, Power BI is not an authorship tool. It is a reporting tool. So you got to get your data from somewhere. So uh, where does that data ultimately come from? Well, it's going to come from spreadsheets. It's going to come from databases. It's going to come from the web. It's going to come from all different types of resources. So we have a couple of different methods of getting our data in here. I'm going to try to make you familiar with most of them today. So we're going to talk about Power Query. We're going to talk about some of the uh, methods uh, for management of the data, specifically the import method, the direct query method, the composite method. Uh, And we're also going to talk about a tool that is not very widely known, but it's super powerful, which is a data gateway, which can connect your on-premise data to the cloud and making it available for reporting purposes. You know, kind of links your spreadsheets or an on-premise database to Power BI in a secure method so that you can pull data down directly. All right. So the first one that we're going to talk about today is 
the bee's knees with respect to data manipulation. And uh, this tool is called Power Query. Now, Power Query is a tool that is present both inside of Microsoft Excel as well as inside of Power BI. It's shared and the functionality is identical. So the good news is if you learn how to do this, uh, you can use this tip not only for Power BI, but Excel as well. And believe me when I'm telling you, this will revolutionize the way you work. This is a tool that I reach for pretty much 100% of the time now when I'm working either in Excel or Power BI, and it's become indispensable uh, to the way that I build reports. And in a nutshell, what Power Query allows us to do is to hook up our dashboard to dynamic data sources. Okay, those data sources can be virtually anything, spreadsheets, a database, information from the web, and it doesn't matter what type of format that data is in, Power Query can work with it. Uh, and what's incredible about this is that it remembers the work that you've done in the order of the work that you've done, and then will play it back in future refreshes. Okay, so think about like, let me give you a common scenario, okay? Think about, for example, the uh, the normal work you do month in, month out. Let's just say it's a simple compilation report, okay? Well, you're probably going to the accounting system. You're pulling data down from there. You're probably going to the bank, and you're pulling data down from there. And maybe you're doing your reporting inside of Excel. Well, often the data you're pulling down from the bank or the data you're pulling down from the web from your accounting system probably isn't in the right format. It might have extra columns, it might have extra rows, it might have uh, things in the wrong order, it might need broken apart, it might need combined, you know, who, the, who knows. But often, before you actually do the work that you need to do, well, you often have to do pre-processing or, you know, to prepare the data to be able to work. This is where Power Query comes in. You import the data in once, you do all your necessary manipulation, you add columns, remove columns, sort, filter, uh, parse, or do text to columns to break things apart or combine them, concatenate them to bring them together. And every step of the way, Power Query is watching you as you work and will remember what you did and then will play those actions back in the correct order for subsequent refreshes. It just essentially does all that pre-processing work for you. Okay. It really is the principle of write once refresh many, and it is an indispensable component of Power BI. Okay. So all future updates go through this exact playlist over and over again. And so again, as long as that underlying data doesn't change, Power Query will be able to refresh it for you repeatedly. Uh, and it doesn't matter if it's coming from a database, a worksheet or anywhere else, Power BI can be able to do that work for you. Let's switch over and take a look at Power BI and let's just do a simple import of a simple spreadsheet so we can get a sense of what it looks like. Alrighty, so I've got Power BI desktop loaded up here. This is just the most recent version of Power BI. Uh, again, you can get this for free going to powerbi.com. Okay, but this is the standard desktop version. Just a quick uh, orientation, just so we get a sense of uh, how this tool is being used. Okay, it follows the same user interface that Microsoft Excel has done in most recent iterations, which is what we call the ribbon interface. And the tool itself in terms of menus are quite simple. Uh, we've got our home menu, an insert menu, modeling menu, so on and so forth. And I'll also point out there are special contextual aware menus depending on what you're doing and working with, including things like the format or data that uh, depending on what you've got selected may or may not be there. So you'll see as I unselect something, those two go away, okay?
So the menus themselves are pretty simple. I tend to hang out mostly in the home menu. I tend to hang out a lot in the insert and modeling, um, but that's about it. You know, the view menu can be helpful when you're trying to, you know, for example, get some specific looks and feels to your data. Uh, but most of the time I'm really kind of just hanging out in these three over here. Additionally, if we look on the left-hand side here, you'll see there are a three separate icons. And these represent the three views of the application. Okay, the top one is our report view. The second one here, that's going to be our data view. And the bottom one here is going to be our relationship or our model view. Okay, and as we switch between these, we can see the different layers of this report. Okay, so we're seeing a complete report here with a, a visualization of a map, bar chart, a couple of uh, tables. If we go down one level here, if we go to our data view, you could see the actual underlying data itself. And if we switch over here to our model view, we could see how these different data sources, in this case, this is coming from a sample access database that is provided. Uh, you can see how all these things come together. All right. Now, in terms of getting our data in, you'll notice that there's really not a lot of options. I mean, you can't just come over here and just start, you know, filling out a spreadsheet. Okay. The data is expected to come in dynamically and it's expected to come in most often through a database uh, or a web service. And the way we get our data in is going to be over here under the home tab. And it's going to be this central section. So the, the first section really after the clipboard um, on your home tab. And this is going to be where we can choose to import our information. In, okay. Now our most common methods up top, bring in data by Excel, Power BI data sets, SQL server, which is Microsoft's uh, SQL database server. We can also manually add data, which we'll talk about here in a minute. Okay. And we can also click the get data button and this will pop up here and it will show us the different connectors for this data. Okay. And so lots of different options here that are present. All your common ones are going to be listed up top text, CSV, XML, JSON, which are uh, web languages. Okay. We've got our, you could bring in a whole folder of data. You can even pull data in from a PDF, believe it or not. Uh, PDF has to be pretty well structured, but it can do feature extraction, pulling that data out there as well as all your major common databases, Oracle, IBM, so on and so forth. And if we come over here to our online services, this is where we can see those third party apps and connectors, the Microsoft stuff like SharePoint dynamics, those are going to be listed. And if we keep coming down here, this is where we'll see like Salesforce, Google and others. Okay. If we keep going down. Okay. For those small business owners here, QuickBooks works great. Okay. More on that in a little bit, but to access Power Query, we'll come over here to our database section from this database section. We're going to choose access and there's a sample database for those of you in the course called Northwind, uh, that's provided. You can also download this directly from, uh, access as well as from Microsoft. We're going to go ahead and click open. Now, this is going to show us a listing of all the tables and views in our database. And as an example here, let's say, let's come down to our, let's choose our uh, inventory transactions table. Okay. And we'll get a little preview of what is inside of this database. Okay. We'll give it a little tick here, indicating this is something we want to bring in. And then we're going to choose down here in the lower right of this box, we can either load it and take it in as, as in its current form, which might work. But if we have to do any sort of transformation on this data to clean it up, 
we click this transform data and this will load up Power Query. You'll know you're in Power Query because it'll little, literally say Power Query Editor. And this will show us all the different tables inside of our report here. And from this view, we can modify and manipulate this report to make it useful. Let me show you a couple of simple things that you can do. You know, let's say over here under our transaction date, uh, you'll notice it includes not only the date, but the time as well as this time modified. Maybe that time isn't really helpful for us. Well, one of the easiest things that we can do is that we can click that little date button right here and we can change what format this is. So instead of being date time, we can just say, hey, only show me the date. Okay, so let's do that for this other column. Now, if we scroll over here a little bit over to the right, you'll notice that we've got some additional columns here that you'll notice that are almost all null. Well, it's always best to make your reports as simple as possible. So maybe, for example, we will pull out stuff that's not going to be useful for our report. So maybe the uh, purchase order ID and the comments here, we can just go ahead and remove these columns and they're gone. So. Uh, let's say, for example, we want to change the order and we want our transaction type to be the first column. We can go ahead and move that over here. And now that's the first column. Okay. Maybe, for example, we want to change the order of our transaction date and we want this to be in descending order. Okay. Well, every time we make a change or modification to this over here on the right, you'll notice under applied steps, it remembers what we have done. And so we can see that we, we connected to that database, we changed some types, we removed some columns, so on and so forth. And it remembers those steps. And if we click this close and apply here, okay, that data will now be loaded into Power uh, BI in the exact format and order that we set it to be, okay? And if we go and we look at our table here for our inventory transactions, you'll see it's in that exact correct order. It's exactly right. Uh, and this tool has just proven to be so helpful because it gets the data in that correct format for us. And you can use it anywhere. Anytime that you would have to do pre-processing uh, to get your data in the correct format, you can use and leverage this incredible tool. Check out cpetoday.com for other courses that specifically highlight Power Query. I'm adding a few more here in the near future because this tool in and of itself is one of the best things that Microsoft has added in recent years. Now, once you get the data inside of Power BI, you've got a couple of different methods to manage the data, okay? Now, most folks use just the standard method, which is the import method. Uh, but there are two other methods that you should be familiar with. It's the direct query method, as well as the composite method, or sometimes referred to as the dual method. Now, the import method, which again is the standard method and the method that's available if you're using the free version of Power BI, in a nutshell, it just grabs all your data, loads it into Power BI, and then updates it periodically. But a copy of the data is stored inside of that Power BI report itself, okay? Which is great if you're working with small data, um, easy data to work with, local data, you'll have no problems, just use that method. But for those of you who are working with larger data sets, you got to check out this direct query method. Now, in this method, everything is always real time. The data is at the source and updates are sent on demand and queried to that database or that cloud resource as needed. Um, this allows you to be able to work with data 
that is unlimited in size and scope. So if you got something that is millions of records, this is definitely going to be the method you're going to want to use. Now, the problem, sometimes that can be slow, especially if you're working with big data sets. So Microsoft added the composite or the dual method that gives you kind of the the best of both worlds. It mixes the import and direct query methods. And depending on how that data is being used, we'll sometimes use import and we'll sometimes use that direct query. And uh, also, this is only available under the paid version. Uh, While they're all useful, pick the one that's best for your data and your project. So let's take a spotlight on these three methods. So for our import method, this is going to be the most common method. It's the method used by default. Um, It is very, very fast because the data is all stored in memory of that Power BI file. So it's, it's just immediately accessible, super, super responsive for the reporting. Again, because everything is in memory. Super flexible to allow you to, you know, model it different ways. Uh, and it also supports some specific features that like direct query won't work with, like the Q&A feature or the quick insights feature, which we will be discussing in a future podcast. Now, in terms of the data handling, everything is always stored on disk. The data has to be fully loaded into memory uh, for this to work. Okay, you can't have an import model where it's only partially loaded into memory. And uh, every time you refresh data, it dumps the current version and completely rewrites it into the into that Power BI file. The biggest limitation that I would tell you with this is memory on the machine. Power BI is a beast. Um, the biggest data set that I have is 16 million records. And if I load the whole thing using the import method, uh, it will take 40 gigabytes of memory. So it, it's definitely not something you're going to want to use for super, super, super large data. Now, one of the good things with the import method, it's pretty good. So it has really good compression. Um, so it's not going to unnecessarily make the file super big. Uh, most of the time you'll see about a 10 X compression. So, uh, and that's for the storage in the PIBX file. So a Microsoft power BI file is a PIBX file, P B I X. So if you have 40 gigs of data, you could expect that to be about four gigs of, of a PIBX file. You know, if you, if you were using that import method, so you could see that would really start to, you know, not be great. Okay. So, um, as your data sets grow, and that's really kind of the main reasons why people graduate out of that import method. It's it just, my data is too big. It's too slow. And it just starts eating up a lot of resources. So to summarize our disadvantages, uh, the entire model has to be loaded before power BI can run. That's going to cause issues for computers with lower performance. Okay, it needs more capacity resources, especially as your data grows. Uh, Data is only as recurrent as the last refresh, and you have to set up what's called a refresh schedule. Uh, And on the free version, it can update, I believe, four times a day in order to get the newest cut of the data. But you're not working off real, real time data. Okay, so those are kind of the big drawbacks of that. Now, the other major method is the direct query method. Okay, so this is going to be your alternative to importing in data. Uh, This is great when the data sets are too large to practically load and refresh every single time. Again, if you're working with millions and millions of rows of data, just the transfer could kill you. I mean, it could just take forever to get the data in there. Uh, What's benefit of this? Minimal memory load. It's relatively real time. Sometimes there can be delayed. It can be cached. But for the most part, it's real time. Uh, And you can get 
you know, refreshes as frequently as every 15 minutes or so. Now with the data handling of this, well, when you create your report, the report creates a template of the data being used in the data model. And then Power BI remembers that template and then it'll query just to pull the data as needed, you know, in an attempt to make it as responsive and as, as real time as possible. Uh, size limits don't apply. It could be as big or small as needed. Uh, data uh, does, I'm sorry, it does not require a data refresh if it already has data cached. Uh, it only needs a refresh if you're looking for something new that another user hasn't requested. Now, some of the big disadvantages of this calculated tables, which we'll talk about in a future podcast here, um, where the, you're doing calculations on the table, this isn't supported. Uh, quick insights, another feature that's pretty useful to gain some insight on your data really quickly. Uh, it's not supported. DAX formulas are going to be limited uh, there's only certain DAX data analysis expressions that you can be used. Uh, they have to be natively understood by that data source. So it's really more of like SQL than anything else. Uh, but again, the big reason why you use direct query, it's lots and lots and lots of data. That's really why people use it. Now, recently they have added the composite mode and with the composite mode, it kind of balances between them. It mixes some of the capabilities of import and direct query. So it kind of gives you the best of both worlds, uh, you know, and it will just determine whatever, you know, whatever method is more effective at the time it will use to be able to go and grab that data for you. Uh, and it also brings back some features that you don't get if you're just using, for example, one method or the other. Uh, as an example, if you're just using direct query, as we mentioned, you can't really use a lot of DAX formulas. Uh, well, that import method, I'm sorry, the, uh, the composite mode will allow you to be able to use those. Now, what's really cool is that you can also set this up on a table by table basis. Uh, so it's not like your entire PIBIX file is one or the other. You yourself can choose what method to use depending on what data that you are using. Okay. Uh, so I've got some just general guidance here that I would recommend in terms of like what you should set one to the other, uh, depending on the type of data that you're working with. Okay. Uh, so for example, you know, you could set your fact tables, fact tables would be things like your order table or your payroll entries, your GL that might be set to direct query, but then the summary tables, the dimension tables, maybe you set those to import, you know, cause they're not really updating that frequently, you know, and remember our dimension tables are things that describe our facts. So it could be geography. It could be, uh, you know, categories, things of this nature. Now, let me show you where that feature lives, where you can change your data model around. Alrighty. So we're back here in Power BI and specifically we are in our model view. Now, once the data has been imported in through Power Query, it's going to come in through whatever method dictated by the size of the data. So if it's millions and millions and millions of rows, it'll come in using direct query. Most of the time though, and for all the samples that we have here, they're going to come in using that import method. Well, come down here to your model view, select whatever table you happen to be working with. Let's go ahead and choose over here, our invoice table. And on the right-hand side here, we've got our fields section. We've also got our properties section. If you don't see that properties section, just go ahead and slide that little tab out here. Okay. And lower down here on the lower right-hand side, you'll see a little, little tab here that says advanced. 
And if you click that little guy, you'll see over here under storage mode, you'll see the different methods that are listed. And so you can see here that we've got our import method currently, but then we would have our direct query as well as our dual mode. Now, for the purposes of this data set, I can't change it, but if you're gonna go change from one method to the other, or if you're, for example, looking to get your order table to always be pulling the most recent orders, assuming you've got the licensed version of Power BI, you come on over here, you click that order table, come over to the advanced section, then you can change that to that direct query or that dual method. And it will go ahead and follow that method going forward. So my recommendation would be something like orders, that should definitely be, you know, either direct query or the dual mode, as well as like order details, which provides the item level detail. So the order, uh, order line level support or something like your inventory transactions, vice versa, uh, maybe direct query. Okay. But then things that describe the data, like the products, the status, the customers, the invoices, all of those could probably just be the import method because there's really just not the uh, the necessary it, that data doesn't change as often if we look for example over here under our order status there's like four records you know so it's not really there's no need to always constantly be querying that you can just store that in memory even something like your product table doesn't change all that often i mean you're not adding you know maybe if you're amazon but most of us aren't adding thousands of new records every single minute for something like our products we're usually selling the same stuff repeatedly okay so that is a little bit with respect to those different methods that you should be familiar with. Now, there is one last method for getting data into Power BI that you should be familiar with. And I'm going to say this with a word of caution. Don't use this. I mean, just don't. I mean, I, I really, as somebody who's using Power BI since the beginning, I've used this a handful of times. There are specific, maybe small use cases that you could use this method, but really don't do this if you don't have to. And that is just because, again, to go back, Power BI is not an authorship tool. It is a reporting tool. But on the odd chance that you need to create manual data there is a, cap a capability inside the application to do this, and it is using the create table function. I'll show you that here in a moment. Now, the biggest reason why I'm telling you don't use this method if you can avoid it is that once you create data inside of Power BI, meaning that you've gone and authored uh, and created a, uh, a custom table, that data is permanent um, and you have to use Power Query, which is kind of a mess to go back and replace or update it. Uh, you're always better off, let's say you need to create a manual table to store some like maybe dimensional data that you want to analyze. You're always better off just creating a separate worksheet and importing it in, you know, make your updates really simple. But if you needed to, you could add data directly, okay? Um, the big reason why you would use this, maybe you need to store like a, a variable for a DAX expression, like a calculated column. Great. You could use it for that. Okay. Um, but once you put the data in, it's there permanently, and then you can join this table just like any other table inside of Power BI. Uh, so I typically use this for DAX expressions, you know, creating measures, KPIs, goals. I need somewhere to store a static value for what that specific calculation needs. You know, maybe like an upper limit, like, uh, or an expected sales number for a sales team. That's where I would use this specific function. Let's go ahead and look at what it looks like to create a custom table inside of Power BI. Now from Power BI, up here in the upper left, 
right next to Power Query in the Get Data, you'll see there's another option here that says Enter Data. We'll click this option. And when we click this option right here, this will pop up and give us a table where we can create our own table. Okay, so let's just maybe call this one here employees. Okay, and then maybe I don't have this data in my database for whatever reason, I could create a table to store this information. So maybe we have employee number. Okay, we can create this little plus column and then we'll say uh, name. So let's say employee number uh, one. Well, let's just say that is Steve. Let's go ahead and create employee number two. Let's say that's Alicia. Let's say employee number three. That is Alana. Okay. We'll give this table a name. We'll call it the employees table. We're going to go ahead and click load. And Alakazam over here on the right-hand side, you'll see that that new table is added. Okay. It looks like I already had an employee. Oh no, I didn't have an employee table. Uh, where'd you go? Well, I don't know where it popped up, but, uh, you'll see that it will get added here just like any other table inside of the, uh, inside of power BI, but seemingly I'm not exactly sure, sure where it went. Maybe I didn't click it right, but that's how you create a new table inside of power BI. Biggest reason again is that data is permanent. And if you need to modify, it can be kind of a hassle if you've statically created it inside the application. So I'd recommend just use it for your, um, values, goals, things like that, you know, for a DAX expression. All right, let's have our second review question here. Which import method copies your data into Power BI? Okay, is it the direct query method? No, it is not. Is it the import method? You betcha. Is it the composite method? You betcha. And composite will do it conditionally just depending on what type of data you're working with. Well, folks, we have one last thing I want to mention here. I know we're getting towards the end of our podcast for today. Uh, we'll work with this further on a future podcast, but it's a great introduction to a topic that gets vastly overlooked, a definite hidden secret of Power BI, which is data gateways. Okay. And this is one of the most least understood topics inside of Power BI are what and how you use this tool. Okay. Now, a data gateway its sole purpose is to connect on-premise stuff to the Microsoft cloud. Okay. A lot of businesses, especially bigger businesses, uh, they'll have their own data centers. They'll have their own corporate offices, their own servers. You know, they have data that is behind a firewall that is on people's desktop computers in the form of a spreadsheet or their own SQL database, even stuff that's in the cloud. Uh, but like, let's say in a private cloud, like in the Amazon or Azure data center, getting that data to power, BI can be difficult. Well, this is where a data gateway comes in. A data gateway connects anything and everything to Power BI. Uh, traditional databases, spreadsheets, you name it. Uh, you can connect it to Power BI with this. Now, you do not need a data gateway to connect data that's already in a cloud, okay? Uh, or at least most of the time you don't. Uh, this really kind of comes from data that's behind a firewall, either in a corporate office, corporate data center, private cloud to uh, Microsoft. But if it's, for example, in QuickBooks online, Google Analytics, Salesforce, you do not need that data gateway. It's already up there. 
In fact, if you're using a cloud Azure, if you're using the Azure cloud, most of the time you don't even need a data gateway for that either. And this is helpful for organizations that have traditional applications that are hosted in their office and not necessarily in the cloud itself. So think of like a retail organization with a point of sale system and that point of sale system lives, you know, in their office. Well, this is how they can get that data up to Power BI for reporting. Now, there are two types of data gateways. The one we're going to be working with in the context of this series is the personal data gateway. That personal data gateway is only used for Power BI reporting. It only supports the import method, but it's free. There's no additional cost, and it functionally works great. I mean, it, it, it it's a no-brainer, okay? But if you're using the Power BI Pro, you're sharing data with other people, well, you're going to be using the company or the enterprise gateway. And this data gateway is how we share with multiple people inside of the company. Uh, it supports both the direct query as well as that import method. And this method is not free. It does require that Power BI license, but it does not require a separate license beyond Power BI. Okay, so if you're using Power BI Pro, whether you're a single prop, like a sole practitioner or a big company, the price is the same. Now, this enterprise gateway also could be used for other Microsoft Power tools. There are other tools that Microsoft offers. Power BI is one of a series of products they have, uh, including Power Automate, which if you haven't seen before, is amazing. It is a really cool integration as a service tool uh, platform uh, that you can use to build all different types of integrations to push and pull data to and from just about everywhere. Okay, it's really, really kind of cool. Now, if you're going to use a data gateway, and we'll explore this further here, but I want to give you a couple of tips because, again, this is a very, not very well understood, even amongst people who use Power BI, how and where you use this tool. Now, to be clear, the data gateway connects the data, but it does not necessarily create the report for you. Uh, and the way you generate the report using a data gateway is very, very, very specific. So think about it as like a chain of events for this to occur. You have your raw data here, okay? That raw data you will access through some sort of connector. Uh, most commonly we use ODBC or Open Database Connectivity. Now the data gateway is looking at that ODBC connector and is pulling that data and then ultimately pushing it to Power BI. Uh, this is a tool that you will have installed on a, on a computer local to the data itself. So it might be on your corporate network. It might be in your corporate fire behind your corporate firewall. It might be in your cloud somewhere, but this should be able to see the data typically through that ODBC connector. And once it's there, uh, it will pull the data, encrypt it, send it securely to the Microsoft uh, cloud, and then you can use it inside of Power BI, okay? Now, if you're going to do this, you absolutely need to make this the first step of your reporting process. Reports that you have created not using this process will have to be recreated using this process. You can't go back and just change how it connects to the data, or at least not easily. So if you're gonna use a data gateway, definitely install this and set this up before you start building that report, okay? We'll explore how this works in a future podcast where we actually create some of these reports and we'll use a data gateway for some of it as well. Uh, just again, you can't migrate to a data gateway after you've created it. So it's something you wanna keep in mind. And then once you got it there, it's the process once it's through that data gateway is all relatively the same. All right, let's have our third and final review question. All righty. When do you need to use a data gateway? 
Okay, so do we need to use a data gateway when the data is already in a cloud database, for example, Azure? No, we don't. When the data is in a Power BI app like QBO or uh, Salesforce or one of those other services with one-click integration? Nope. All we have to do is log into that report and it'll pull it down directly for us. When the information is manually inputted using a created table? Nope. The only time that we have to use a data gateway is when the data exists on our computer or in our local network, and we want to pull it through to the Power BI cloud. All right. So that's when you want to use it. A lot of nuance with respect to that, but it's a good topic to get introduced today. So what did we discuss and go through? Well, today we talked about uh, importing data into Power BI. We looked at some of the different methods, including the direct query and the import and the composite or dual method. And we talked about how those different functions might work and why we might want to to uh, use one method over the other when one particular method shines. Okay. Uh, we also did an introduction to Power BI, talking about some of the major features and capabilities of uh, the platform and where it can be useful. Um, I mean, it, it can be used for all different types of organizations, from sales and retail to HR to compliance-based industries and more. Uh, the use cases for Power BI are really limitless, and it's an incredible tool to master as part of your professional accounting career. Now, in the next podcast, we are going to be looking at management of some of this data, specifically data manipulation using tools such as DAX, measures, calculated columns and rows, what that particularly looks like. And I'll pull the lens back on some additional features and functions of this incredible tool. So please stay tuned. Now, if you are watching after the fact, after our live broadcast, remember, you can get credits as a self-study product. For those of you who are watching live, you can disregard this message. After watching or listening, head over to cpetoday.com. Our course code is GSP1. Take a short five-question quiz. You will earn a credit for today's class. Now, for all of you, if you are a new watcher or listener to the podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you a million times. Thank you for being here. We are a relatively new company and new channel. Um, we really appreciate you being here. How about you have a free podcast on us? Pick whatever class you'd like, maybe this or something else. Use one free podcast to check out for a free credit. If you like our content, please consider following us on social media. You can find us just about everywhere as CPE Today. And you might want to consider subscribing to the podcast. There's new course every week, Tuesdays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific. You can watch live or you can listen after the fact wherever you happen to get content. It is always my pleasure to share and present and bring new material to the profession. Uh, I think I have the greatest job in the world, and it's because of you nice folks watching and listening. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you back in the office the next time around. Take care.